1: Welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast
2: all about the breakthrough people, products and moments in beauty. We're your hosts, Jill Dunn
1: and Carlene Higgins. Hello, hello. And welcome back to the show, everyone. We are Jill and Carlene, two longtime beauty editors. You probably know that by now. And we once spent our days crafting glossy print editorials. But for the past six years, we've traded in our magazine pages for microphones. And we're here every single Wednesday delivering the breakthrough people, products and moments in beauty. Hey there, Carlene.
2: Hello, Jill. And this week, we have the good fortune to partner with our friends at Olay to share this uninterrupted conversation with the brand's incredible principal scientist, Dr. Rolanda Johnson-Wilkerson, who's dialing in from the P&G headquarters in Cincinnati.
1: I love it. I mean, we always have so much fun when we talk to Olay scientists. Remember the one time we drove around with a scientist in your car? We went through a drive through We were talking about incidental sun exposure. And then we also talked to another one about, like getting on the right retinol routine. And they just know so much. It kind of always blows me away. Mm -hmm. And today we're going to be asking all of the questions you ever wanted to ask a skincare scientist. And a lot of these questions are plucked straight from our Facebook chat room.
2: Yes. And we're also going to be talking about one of Olay's most recent launches, the Super Serum, which people are loving. And I went to the launch in New York. I'm sorry you couldn't make it, Jill, because I will say it was a lot of fun. I had the pleasure of seeing Dr. Wilkerson and you know, just meeting her in person again. I know we've interviewed her before for our magazine articles, but I also got to pose with a gigantic bottle of the super serum. I'll be sure Look to post you. that on Instagram.
1: You're like an influencer. I, I saw you. I saw you in your your Kate shoes and your super serum bottle. How about a high low mix? You are that girly. Yes, I am that girly. (laughs) And I got to go
2: around like from station to station and like eat hors d'oeuvres and watch them compare the drugstore serum with like the luxury stuff. It was so much fun. So let's get into our chat. But first, I'm just going to give you a little rundown about Dr. Wilkerson, who's like such an impressive woman in STEM. I think we all need to bow down. She has a PhD in organic chemistry, and she's majorly in demand. She leads global scientific communications within Procter & Gamble. She has nearly two decades of experience in the biz. May I say that her skin is also on point? I'm sure. She's an expert in developing products. You know, she's leading the team. She's influencing new consumer products, and she's behind the claims and credentials, which I think is honestly probably the
1: biggest thing that Olay does so well. So we're going to be talking about everything from chaotic skin. Like what is that? I needed mm-hmm. to know. We're talking about the rebirth of all-in-one serums. Plus, we ask her specifically about maybe the one product if she could snap her fingers and create a product to fix a skincare problem. We ask her what she would choose. And then we kind of dive into some nerdy stuff like should you really not use your vitamin C and niacinamide together? And Carleen We also need to tease that you reveal how old your skin really is.
2: Oh, yes, I do. Scientifically, how old is my skin really scientifically? You have to (laughs) you guys can guess, but they'll uh, figure it out. Yeah, we'll We'll get to that by the end of the show. Welcome, Dr. Wilkerson. It's great to see you again and host you on Breaking Beauty Podcast. We have some burning questions that we and a few listeners in our Facebook chat room have always wanted to ask a skincare scientist. So please indulge us. First up, what's a skincare habit that is
0: secretly aging our skin? Oh my goodness. Not using SPF Mm. frequently and And often you'd be surprised how many people skip SPF due to say, for example, it's cloudy outside Mm -hmm. or I'm not going to be out there long. Uh, That's one important step that we have to integrate into our skincare routine because it protects our skin from all of the damaging external factors like UV damage, for example. And then it also helps to moisturize our skin during the daytime.
1: Well, Mm -hmm. I think one of the coolest parts of your job must be being able to kind of intimately get acquainted with people's routines. Like you have focus groups and you're in charge of clinical trials and you're doing these on real people for the most part. So what's something that you've learned sort of over the years, observing a lot of different people's beauty routines, skincare routines. Is there a common thread Mm -hmm. that you keep seeing that surprised you or, you know, something people keep forgetting to do? What's, what's your take? We talked about SPF during the daytime
0: and, you know, it's kind of to us because we work in this industry. It's like a no brainer, right? Yes, SPF, but not for everybody. And at nighttime, nighttime care is not the first and foremost thing that people think about doing. And so oftentimes we we see people may skimp on a little bit on that nighttime routine when the nighttime is the most optimal time to care for the skin, because your skin barrier is relaxing, you know, just as your body is supposed to relax, your skin barrier relaxes. That's an optimal time for the ingredients to penetrate into the surface cellular layers of the skin. And then on the flip side of that though, that's also the optimal time for moisture loss to come out of the skin. And so this is why it's the best time for us to moisturize the skin, to combat that moisture loss, and then also get those really good active ingredients like retinols or retinol complexes that can benefit the skin um, at nighttime. Yeah, I'll be honest
2: I'm a beauty editor, so I'm supposed to be a, you know, skin routine professional, but yeah. I will sometimes skip washing my face at night when I have a makeup free day. Yeah. And, but I think just admitting one of my sins here is sometimes I'll skip it even when I've worn SPF that day. <gasps>
1: Mm, Has she learned nothing, everybody? Uh, I'm just (laughs) piping in. Has she learned nothing? No, I am. I am. I am (laughs) confessing to
2: everybody. All our listeners know I'm lazy slash busy. Sometimes I'm more busy than lazy and sometimes I'm more lazy than busy.
0: (laughs) But this is speaking to, we're not, we're not perfect. We're, right. we're imperfect right. people. So yes, we cannot always, always. Yeah. Do it, right. So but when, yes. is that
2: bad? I know you're not a derm. You're more of a, you're, you're a skincare scientist, but how bad is mm-hmm. it to just to leave sunscreen on your face overnight? Is it going to give you acne? What do you know? What do you know?
0: Sunscreen alone is, so it's not a bad thing to leave on your skin throughout the day. You do want to start at a fresh foundation at night so then you can reapply with the right products at night. Just think about what your skin goes through during the daytime. Yeah. Right. You have sun- you put the sunscreen on for a reason because chances are you were- you might be going out, mm-hmm. right? Outside, there's different things that you cannot see. So pollution, particles, et cetera. We might not obviously see it. And I'm looking this way because I'm looking out of the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might not see it visible to us, but those things do attach themselves to our skin throughout the day. Right, right, And so each day we want to end with a fresh canvas in the morning time. We want to begin with a fresh canvas to uh, cleanse from those things that might have deposited onto our skin throughout the day. And then. The other piece that people don't intuitively or naturally think about, we sleep on pillows, Mm. fabrics Mm -hmm. that will, whatever we have on our face, even if it's not makeup, even if it's things that we could have seen. And I'll use the example. I went to soccer practice with my daughter and there were little kids playing in a sand pit. It was actually the volleyball pit and it was sand. And so they were taking the sand and they were... And it was like you could see the little the dust, the little pieces mm-hmm. of the dust. And in my mind, I am thinking, oh my goodness, my face and my hair. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you
1: know? Definitely. So
0: I took my chair and I picked while well, the parents were talking and letting the kids play. I actually picked up my chair and moved it back and <laughs> away, which then made me look, unfortunately. A little antisocial, but I was more concerned concerned about what was going on my face and Mm -hmm. my hair at the moment, right? The residual dust of that Mm -hmm. that I could not see. And so just think about as you go to bed every night, if you are skipping those days when you might not have worn makeup Mm -hmm. and you decided to put on a skin cream in the morning time, you did the right thing, you used SPF, you protected your skin. But throughout the day, there were things that could have deposited even on top of that, that you choose to go to bed with, do that collectively overnight and not wash your face. Just imagine what's building up on your fabric that you continue to rub on every, on every night. Yeah, And so, this is why it's important. You know, skincare matters across mm-hmm. the board mm-hmm. at night and in the morning time. Over time, those cumulative effects can either positively. Or negatively mm. build up on what we see within our Petition skin. Petition
1: for like mm. Olay to start selling like a little microscope with every bottle of serum and then people could see what was <laughs> on their skin and I am guaranteeing yes. you if we saw <laughs> under the microscope what you see I don't think we'd be going to bed with anything on our face aside from lovely moisturizer.
0: It's starting fresh all over again. Lovely moisture, <laughs> moisturizer. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay.
2: Well, now that I've confessed, I've made my beauty confession. <laughs> I feel like I feel kind of embarrassed right now. Like I've nah. admitted Don't to be. like going to bed while walking around well, New York City and flip flops <laughs> or something. So let's take it to our Facebook chat room. Our lovely listeners have some questions for you. Which is yeah. the most overrated and the most underrated ingredient in skincare? something that might surprise us.
0: You know, I think peptides mm. um, are a little
2: underrated. <gasps> I was guessing you were going to say underrated. I was like, if she says overrated, okay, underrated.
1: No, right? underrated. Yeah, yes. yes, We just had a dermatologist say the same they, thing not long ago.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, well, mm-hmm. good yeah. well, interesting. And I say that because peptides can be so effective when formulated properly with the right ingredients in a product. Just kind of baseline peptides or the little tiny fragments of protein molecules. That, they, those really help to keep our skin's natural renewal process going and functioning properly. And so when we do that, we can see benefits like smooth, supple skin. And then also it does that with minimal side effects or harsh side effects. And so I think, you know, we don't, we hear people, niacinamide has starting to get kind of like a little bit more mainstream a lot more mainstream and we've worked on had that ingredient in our portfolio for a long time and it's now starting to pick up and people are starting to talk more about it peptides not so much but we know that these can also be pretty power house ingredients as well you know they're they're natural to our skin mm-hmm. and when combined with things like collagen peptide can be super beneficial to our skin mm-hmm. right.
2: Okay, so peptides underrated. What's overrated?
0: Oh, overrated. I, you know, I'd say collagen.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what the derm said. You guys have been chatting. <laughs> I think. Uh,
0: I, I'm curious to know which derm that
2: was. Yeah, well, the, yeah, we're on the, the same collagen page. I love one it. was
1: Dr. Shireen Idris, a Pillow Talk derm. Interesting. Yeah, because she was saying there's
2: not a lot of data right around the collagen applying it topically.
0: These ingredient as an ingredient. So collagen by itself it can be it's too big to to penetrate into the skin. However, you can have functional collagen peptides, which are tiny protein fragments. That then can be very effective on the skin. So I think this is why I say it's in context. Mm-hmm. Now, while collagen alone is a, an essential building block within our, our skin, it aids in the elasticity within our skin. And we want to make sure our, our collagen production is effective. And so this really speaks to taking care of your skin, moisturizing, wanting that barrier strengthened, but just simply using, or even people kind of take collagen uh, supplements, et cetera, as a, a scientist and also as a consumer myself. I, I, it's in context that can be overrated. It's when it's formulated in the proper way, for example, college of peptides those can be very beneficial to the skin. So I when, when I say mm-hmm. overrated, I wanted to add some context to what I'm... Right. No, that makes Got sense. It.
1: And Leanne, she's also one of our Facebook chat room members. She would like to know if there was one product that you could formulate that you believe everyone could benefit from and love and could use every day, what would it be? You know, this one is something that's kind of
0: near and dear to my heart. You know, when you kind of personally start to see things change, you're like, I I need or I wish. I would say a product that stops hereditary eye bags. Mm. So eye puffiness due to lack of sleep or improper skincare can be uh, easily treated and cared for. Um, Hereditary eye bags tend for many to show up sooner versus later, right? And for some, you know, some people, there can be genetic predisposition to the muscles under the eyes weakening sooner than later and causing that fat in the skin to potentially move up towards the, the eyeball, the eye socket area, and then also fluid can move up too. And so that's when you can see that person might see advanced changes around the eyes that are hereditary and if they look at, for example, their parents, their grandparents, they might've also experienced the same thing sooner. That's hereditary. That's different from, I woke up this morning, mm-hmm. I should have moisturized my eyes. I should have worn an eye cream last night or I should start to implementing eye creams in my into my routine a little bit more. That's different from just being tired, right? Mm-hmm. Or just not having the optimal eye care routine. So I would love to, if I could kind of, snap my finger, have a product that addresses those hereditary Mm -hmm, eye bags, not just like, not just speaking of like puffiness. I think that's, that's a different story. That's something that, you know, those can be treated with skincare products too. But those hereditary eye bags right now, I think there are things that minimize the appearance of it, but nothing Mm -hmm. really that kind of addresses the underlying issue underneath. Short Mm -hmm. of
1: going under the knife. And we do have a whole episode on how to treat under eye concerns with a plastic surgeon. If y'all want to go back and listen to that. I mean, it's not for everyone, but it's an option. So we got, we got the mm-hmm. answers to that as well. So I don't blame you for, I can only <laughs> imagine it
0: probably sounds, feels like sitting at the Durham conferences where you're listening to yeah. all of them. You have to go back yeah. and listen to it. Yeah.
2: Okay. I have a question from Sarah and I can relate to this one myself. What works best for calming down redness for people with pink undertones that are prone to redness?
0: Wow. This is a good question. And I'm excited about sharing that we just recently went to the World Congress of Dermatology this past summer in Singapore. And we presented some science on uh, coilota oatmeal. And mm-hmm. so coilota oatmeal is a, an ingredient that again, I think it's, it's been a little bit of underrated too. Uh, when we think about ingredients needing a little bit more love and attention because they can be super effective when formulated in the right way. Coelota oatmeal is known to have you know, high water binding ability. It has amino acids, proteins, and lipids in it. And when we disperse that in water, it can form a occlusive barrier on the skin, helping to protect the skin. And it also has some anti-inflammatory and antioxidant benefits as well. In addition to that, when formulated properly, can really help to increase the skin hydration and then soothe the skin and soothe sensitive, irritated skin too. Okay, cool. great.
2: Something to keep in mind.
0: And I should say we do have a quail of oatmeal sensitive line as well, which is you know kind of speaks to making sure we have the right research to support it, understanding what that does, at the fundamental skin level, and then formulating it in the best way, making it available.
1: Yeah. I just got this sent to me and I need to try this. It's in the green, Mm -hmm. the box is like partially green, right? Yes. Okay. I am trying that. It's on my Mm -hmm. to-do list. That's right. Are there any ingredients out there that actually help reverse saggy skin? I feel like this is so challenging, you know, without kind of, Exploring surgical options, but when you start to see the saggy Mm. jowls or the sagging under the eye area, is Mm -hmm. when things are marketed that way. Is that just kind of you know too good to be true, or what? What's the evidence there to reverse sort of those saggings, the saggy skin?
0: Oh gosh, yes. So yes, Mm -hmm. and when you have the right Mm -hmm. ingredients, right? So I think about let's go back to super serum. One of the benefits of super serum is to improve firmness of the skin, right? The opposite of sagging skin is firm skin, right? And we've seen in our clinical study that those benefits, especially around the eye area and then around the mouth, we can see that from our clinical study, those benefits within that that Super Serum has provided. And so it's when you have the right types of ingredients and the combination of ingredients, I'll go to Super Serum. We have the activated niacinamide, we have vitamin C, we have collagen peptide, which again, we talked a little bit about that. It supports the skin's natural renewal process and it helps to improve the skin appearance. Then you have vitamin E that helps to defend against free radicals. And when you have free radical damage, et cetera, happening, that speeds up the skin's and breaks down the skin's elastic properties within the skin. So you wanna make sure you have the right ingredients combined to be able to deliver that benefit. Now, if a product is promising, for example, to nasolabial fold, like to completely transform that overnight. Yeah. No. Right. No. But if you're looking at firming the area around the eye and your jaw and your, yes, the skin, yes, you can over time. And again, it's with the Right. right context. Right. Okay. Well,
2: on that note, let's talk about the Olay Super Serum because the reason it's called Super Serum is because, of course, it has five ingredients in one, which you mentioned niacinamide, vitamin C, collagen Mm -hmm. peptide, vitamin E, and AHA, alpha hydroxy acid. Now, I think this is such an interesting take. Definitely leans into the skin minimalism trend or skin Mm -hmm. streaming. But, you know, as somebody who's been an editor for quite a long time, this is sort of where we started, where it's where we had these like sort of perfect creams in a jar that were very carefully developed with all these different ingredients. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the pendulum swung toward these single ingredient skincare serums and treatments. So, you know, it was, it was niacinamide or vitamin C or retinol or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And people were playing chemist at home. And Right. The, the thought process with that was sort of saying that if you didn't have these singular ingredients and they were mashed in with all this other stuff, some of it marketing mumbo jumble, it's marshmallow, this, it's avocado, that. And, you know, people would say, well, there's not enough of any one of those ingredients mm-hmm. that makes it do anything. So that's why people mm-hmm. got into these. So where are we at now? Because I know that you've very carefully crafted this so that it does. Work. Yeah. So,
0: what would you say to those people? I think, you know, it's interesting. You're right. We've kind of come back full circle. So, people are looking for products that are addressing multiple needs and really streamlining their skincare routine. And that's again where the skin streaming is, is kind of generating from. Uh, we're seeing that universal products like the Super Serum really work to achieve multiple results. And when designed effectively, can be a great experience to use. Right, that's the most important thing. So people went to, I have this ingredient, I have that ingredient, I have this ingredient, I have that ingredient, and then they were choosing to then add different products into their regimen that might not give them the best skin feel. Mm. Um, and so when you start to do that, and especially if you're picking and choosing from different brand, et cetera, you you're going to opt out over time because you're not enjoying the feel of the product on your skin. And then from a scientific perspective, those particular products may not have all been designed to work together to give you the optimal benefits. Mm -hmm. And this is why it's it's a benefit to having a, a universal product like a super serum with universal ingredients that have been designed to work together to deliver multiple benefits. So we're seeing kind of the the interests go back to having a product that's delivering multiple benefits instead of, I need five different serums Mm -hmm. with these five different actives to give me these five Mm -hmm. different benefits, right? Or or these six different benefits. or So how do we make sure we're effectively delivering products such that we are addressing, again, we were seeing in our consumer research, everything we do is, I, I mentioned earlier, is consumer research led. And so how do we make sure we are developing a product to deliver those universal results that's also the most cost effective as opposed to having going by five mm-hmm. different serums yeah the convenience and speed for their skincare routine
2: can you speak to the idea of like are you saying that higher percentages don't necessarily mean it's better you know when you're looking at a label can you speak to that maybe a little bit in terms of how you formulated it
0: Yes, 100%. Well, actually at the World Congress of Dermatology at our booth, we had at the stand header was a message that it's not about ingredient concentration. It's how those ingredients are formulated at the right levels to deliver the right benefits, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's also right choice of ingredients, the right mixing conditions at the right pH. All of those things have to be optimized. So you can have an ingredient at a high concentration and one that ingredient can either have be irritating to the skin because it's at a too high concentration, mm-hmm. or that ingredient is not optimally deposited onto the skin and cannot optimally penetrate into the surface cellular layers of the skin because it wasn't formulated under the right conditions, or it could be unstable in the product. You can have, and we've seen that too. Uh, we've shared data with dermatologists all the time. We most recently shared. Things like retinol and, and even niacinamide, if not formulated at the right concentrations, right conditions, we can see that ingredient break down and decompose mm-hmm. in the formula.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when that happens over time on the shelf, in your bathroom, you are not going to see that user, that person that purchased that product is not going to see the product benefits that that product Promised. at that high concentration. Mm-hmm promised right we take all of that into consideration and look at ingredient stability interestingly enough not everybody does because we've been able to see and track that Mm. so it's not about a high concentration the analogy is Mm -hmm. cooking food Mm -hmm. you're you're not going to add the highest concentration of vanilla in your cake because i'm making a, a vanilla cake right yeah it's because that cake is not going to come out like you, it's not going to taste like you wanted to.
2: Which is far more challenging to develop, obviously. Like there, maybe there was a reason that you could buy hyaluronic acid for 5 dollars you know, but I think it sounds like what you're saying is the days of cherry picking your ingredients might be over.
0: I think we'll still have some of that because one, it's also speaking to a consumer need and when done properly. When done right, for example, we have niacinamide, we Mm -hmm. have ole niacinamide and our niacinamide is formulated into the product. It's 99% pure, Mm -hmm. right? So the conditions have to be optimal. So just because you have an ingredient-led product that touts such a high percentage, percentage ingredient, it cannot be found anywhere else, doesn't mean that that product is effective. So not saying that that is going away. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that you also have people wanting to see and add in products like a super serum that can help deliver multiple benefits Mm -hmm. as well.
1: Yeah. So To clarify, I always thought that vitamin C and niacinamide were contraindicated, like they're not, they were not supposed to be layered together, used at the same time. Mm -hmm. You would often see that on certain skincare products. So is that a myth then, or what would you say?
0: Yes, it's a myth. And it's a myth based on outdated or previous research. You're not alone, and you wouldn't be surprised that we get this question a lot hmm. because we have niacinamide, low pH niacinamide, as well as vitamin C or absorbent acid in our mm-hmm. super serum product. And so, one of the first questions we receive is you know, just what you said, I thought you're not mm-hmm. supposed to use those two together. Well, it's based on um, outdated research that showed that at high temperatures, The presence of uh, vitamin C or ascorbic acid can accelerate niacinamide conversion to nicotinic acid and nicotinic acid can be irritating to the skin. And so this is why you would get Mm -hmm. Mm derms saying, don't use those two together or products. I'm not saying from who that might Mm -hmm. say, don't use these two together, but, or I should say, and when we've essentially optimized that research over years, right, research, science, Product development is not supposed to remain stagnant. You're, You're supposed to grow from it. And so, what we know is that the reality is there are other ingredients other than niacinamide that can accelerate, but other than vitamin C that can accelerate niacinamide conversion to nicotinic acid. What's important is you understand what those are. And then, this is where formulation expertise comes in. You choose those ingredients, the right ingredients, again, at the right levels, right concentration, right pH. Developed under the right conditions, i.e., previous research said if you formulate niacinamide and vitamin C together at higher temperatures, it can convert niacinamide. So you optimize the conditions, you do the research, you develop a, a stable product, you evaluate that product and make sure that that ingredient is stable over a specific amount of time, and then you test that product in the clinical study. And that's exactly what we did with Super Serum. We went through all of the conditions by exposing our ni- our product with niacinamide, low pH niacinamide, our activated niacinamide, as well as vitamin C with the other ingredient combinations to the right conditions to see if it would degrade. And we did not see that. And then as a result, we tested our, our product in the clinical study and saw the benefits.
2: Hey,
1: thank mm. you for clearing that up.
2: I honestly think that the study that blew me away the most that you guys did that I feel like our listeners, their hair is just going to be blown back is the blind testing that you did where Mm -hmm. it was the super serum against the number one selling serum in North America or America right now, which I know Dr. Rowe won't be able to say what it is, but I can tell you it was a, it was a little Amber bottle. So tell us about that and what the results were. Cause it was like nine out of 10 people preferred this, the drugstore super serum, right?
0: Yes. Um, Versus the luxury one. Tell us, tell us about that. This particular study was 200 diverse participants over two weeks where we evaluated to your point, super serum versus the number one luxury serum. And we were able to show that super serum does indeed help to improve uh, the skin texture. It helps to even skin tone. I mentioned earlier firming skin, smoothing visible lines. I think when you came to the event in New York, you could see um, from our clinical study, even around the eyes and the mouth, how uh, the lines were smooth, and then also provides long lasting hydration. And again, all all of that was generated in our clinical studies.
1: I saw that the super serum Mm -hmm. was able to make the claim and I quote, Super Serum can achieve two months worth of visible skin improvement in just two weeks. So to be clear, yeah, what is in, what's this magic? What's in it? And how is this claim possible?
0: <laughs> yes, we have some heavy hitting ingredients in our Super Serum. I mentioned earlier, our exclusive patented activated niacinamide, We have vitamin C, there's collagen peptide, vitamin E, and alpha hydroxy acid I didn't speak Mm -hmm. to earlier. All of those ingredients are collectively working together to give the power, the skin power behind Super Serum that's able to deliver the benefits and the results. The evening skin tone benefit and improving skin texture is the best in class, right? Our activated niacinamide is formulated into the products low pH, activated niacinamide, And that ingredient is transformational, right? And so this is what's enabling those results that you see and you've heard us talk about and share. And then also enabling the excitement that we saw from our clinical study. We had women that once we deprive, so there's a deprivation stage that people go to through once they get get product back in the Mm. clinical study, especially when something's blinded. And they go, oh my gosh, for Super Serum that here's, we heard verbatims. I am missing this product. I, I can't wait to until I can find it on the shelf. I wish you could tell me what this product was. And so we knew we had something on our hand that was like, this, this is great. This is providing some really awesome benefits. I mean, I have my, my here. I love, I love <laughs> my, my Super Serum. And so that's that combination of all those ingredients working together at the most optimal mm-hmm. pH. We didn't talk about pH of the skin and healthy skin wants to be at around a pH of 5.5. So we formulated the super serum at the right pH to work with the skin, to get the skin back at a healthy pH and at a pH where those ingredients are in the product are working faster, better within the skin, surface layers of the skin.
1: Okay. Well, yes. I cannot DM. wait to hear your response to this next question, because I can honestly say that as an editor, I've never, ever heard of this, certainly from it really from any brand, but I understand that you and the team at LA is now measuring how "quote unquote" chaotic the skin is. Yeah. So please enlighten us about chaotic skin. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or what does it mean?
0: Well, you know, let's think about our life, you know, I think it's a bad (laughs) thing if my life is personally chaotic. And so when I think about my skin, taking myself outside of the scientific mindset, I don't want my skin to be uh, in chaos. Now let's go to what's happening in the skin and Mm -hmm. what does that mean? So over time, our... You know, skin can be exposed to different things externally and then also internally chronological aging and changes within the skin can cause things up in the skin that we don't see to be more chaotic. And obviously our skin is more susceptible to collagen loss, loss of firmness, loss of dryness, hyperpigmentation, uneven skin tone. All of those things can change as a result of the chaos that's happening within our skin as a result of our skin being more susceptible to external factors and changing internal factors chaosity simply is simply put is a measurement of the the
1: redness and irritation so like the inflammation basically
0: exactly that we cannot see it measures how chaotic that inflammation wow. is internally from a technical standpoint. And this term was, I I wanna make sure I give credit where credit is due to to my colleagues. I am not an imaging expert by any means. And we have a lot of those within our our company and and our team. Uh, Dr. Bandara, he essentially led the work around uh, patenting chaosity, this patented methodology that we recently presented at the World Congress of Dermatology this year. And it was born from our groundbreaking research with the Super Serum Clinical, that where we used the, the first time ever 3D visual busy imaging technology CR. Prior to this discovery, there was no accurate method to determine the efficacy of a product by looking at the chaosity underneath the skin because we had no way of really measuring mm-hmm. the entropy or breakup or breakdown that was happening within the skin. So by measuring chaosity, we're looking at The skin's adaptation of external factors and assessing how we reduce the irregularities by hydrating and using other active ingredients within a product to keep that chaos at bay. And so, our super serum study was able to show that we could measure chaosity and the reduction of chaosity. Again, that's the micro measurement of skin's inflammation and redness that is Mm. reduced compared to the number one luxury serum.
2: So cool. Yeah. I loved using that Vizia thing at the event. And actually, funny enough, I saw it at a facialist office, like a spa, skin spa. So is this yeah. like the, the this is the latest technology taking over? Yes,
0: this is. So the new Vizia technology is an evolution of some of the earliest series of the Vizia technology. Mm-hmm. And we're able to see, you know, even print 3D images from this particular technology. A tidbit for Mm -hmm. the audience, and you might be aware of this. We've led our our OA scientists, are the scientists behind that Vizia instrumentation. No way. Yes way. Yes way. Yes way. And so not only is formulation craftsmanship super important for us because we want to make sure that our products are doing what they are intended to do and providing the benefits that people need, but we also need to make sure that we understand where people are starting from Mm -hmm. from a technical perspective. And so, this is where our clinical expertise, technical expertise comes in and is integrated into our clinical experience and expertise Mm -hmm. as well. So, our scientists, we've worked with the makers of the Vizia system, and that technology that's within Vizia has been developed and was initiated with our OLA scientists. And we continue that partnership with that company that makes the Vizia instrumentation to this day. It's important for us to Enable the, the industry, and we know that this Vizia system is at beauty counters all over the world. You'll find it in dermatologists' offices, and even some of our competitors are using it in their clinical studies too. Oh, you must! You must love that. <laughs> we do, we do, and you know what I love even more. Is that
1: we continue mm-hmm. to innovate. Yeah. And so there's yeah. more to come. I just wanted to explain for everyone listening. This is one of those things you stick your head in and it scans everything from skin pigmentation, yes. pore size, bacteria in your pores. It also scans UV spots, sun mm-hmm. damage, texture, and wrinkles. And you can actually like b- to Carlene's point, book a skin scan with Vizia like at a derm or at, at a facialist office <laughs> yeah. if you want to see for yourself. <laughs> What
2: I loved about using that machine at the event, which I thought was so cool, is there's like five markers. So it's measuring your skin tone, fine lines and wrinkles, redness, pore size, texture. And what I loved is it basically taking all those things together. This is what was really next level and blew me away. So you put in what your age is and then it takes all of that data and it tells you what your skin age is compared to what your real age is. So I fared one year better than my actual Yay. age. I was like, okay, it's not incredible <laughs> results, but it is better. But that's good. Then look, yes. looking older than I actually am. And further than that, it told me where I was winning and where I was losing mm-hmm. according to those five markers. So I could tell, I know one of them was hydration and I was doing well above average. Okay, good. And on hyperpigmentation, I was above average. So sun damage. So I was like, you know what? That actually makes so much sense because longtime listeners will know I wear SPF every day. And my focus, Jill and I did a whole episode where we swap skincare routines. And I said that that was my focus. I don't really bother with treatments and stuff. It's hydration and SPF. And sure enough, that's Mm -hmm. where I am doing younger than my age. But those other areas that really require, you know, retinol and treatments is where I'm losing, mm-hmm. like the fine lines and the texture. And I was like, this is incredible. It actually proved, Jill, what our little game was. And yeah, you know,
1: we, uh, because I was kind of more into the skin when we cycling approach, routines. and you were kind of more doing the That's right. type of, you were doing more active. Yeah, I'm more the active, oh, girly, but I wasn't there yeah. to do the scan. I mean, I'm sure I need you to do that. I'm sure I am faring just about the same as you. (laughs) I don't know if it's any better, although I do get Botox. So I might be winning on the lines. I think that's such a great idea, though, is like test how well
2: you've Mm -hmm. been doing with your skincare Mm -hmm. routine for so long. And it actually gives you like a score. It's incredible. So we have one last question for you. That's good. Looking ahead to the future. What trend do you think will continue to define skincare science in the next few years or be the next big thing?
0: I think one trend that we are going to see grow is step minimalization. Mm. So people really love, and this is a kind of coming out of the the kind of COVID area, people love embracing self-care and they want to care for themselves, but the rigor of routines that come with multiple, multiple, multiple steps, and then they also still expect performance, they're kind of exhausted trying to figure out what that needs to be. Mm -hmm. And so again, it speaks to the universal products that we're starting to to see more of, like your super Mm -hmm. serum that's addressing multiple concerns with multiple ingredients formulated in the right way. People are going to expect more of that. I I don't think the single ingredient forms are going to Mm -hmm. go away But they're going to look to see how do I effectively build in what I know I need and for my skin in the most optimal way, minimizing those four, five, six steps some Mm -hmm. people have with Mm -hmm, their
1: skincare mm -hmm. routine. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Wilkerson. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Take
0: care. This was amazing. Bye-bye.